welcome to another episode of Everyday Nutrition. I'm your host, Dr. Karina Tobin. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss nutrition myths, the five most common nutrition myths that are frequently discussed in the media and what the research actually says. Myth number one, bread is bad for you. So you may have heard that white bread is bad for you, particularly compared to brown bread. What the media frequently fails to mention is that the actual differences between white bread and brown bread is relatively small. Whole grain breads do, however, have a higher fiber content and are naturally higher in vitamins and minerals compared to white bread and even some brown breads. So they are a great way of increasing fiber content in the diet. However, white bread also contains fiber, one gram per slice and is usually fortified with calcium, iron, and B vitamins. So the micronutrients that are removed during processing are enriched or reintroduced back into the bread, so you get them in every slice. White bread also gets a bad name due to its effect on blood glucose, or sugar levels, as it has a high glycemic index compared to whole grain bread. So when eaten, it results in glucose being released into the bloodstream more quickly than if you had eaten whole grain bread. But what you put on your bread will also affect the glycemic index of the bread. So putting butter, nut butters, cheeses, all help to actually reduce the GI or the glycemic index of the sandwich and slow the breakdown of the food and the glucose entering the bloodstream. However, regardless of GI, when normal healthy people eat white bread, it's broken down, glucose is released into the blood, carried into the cells, and the levels quickly go down. You may also have heard that white bread is fattening or causes weight gain. The amount of calories is similar in all types of bread, white, brown, or whole grain. And bread is not high in calories or fat. And frequent listeners of this podcast know that weight gain is driven by an excess of calories and not by one food group or a food in particular. The truth is that white bread, like all foods, is not inherently good or bad, nor does it cause weight gain unless eaten in excess. You need to look at the bigger picture of what you are eating throughout the day. If you need more fiber, perhaps whole grain bread is a better choice than white bread. Or if you want to lose weight, perhaps cutting out the two slices of bread, regardless of what type of bread, with your cereal in the morning is an easy option to reduce overall calories. However, it is important that we stop demonizing foods and understand that food preferences, taste and enjoyment of food also need to be considered. Myth two, red meat is bad for you. Red meat includes fresh meats such as beef, lamb, pork, venison or processed red meats, including bacon, ham, sausage, salami, pate and corned beef. And I'm sure I've missed out a few there. The common theme that red meat causes cancer again feeds into sensational headlines that perpetrate in the media and demonize food. It is true that certain chemicals associated with red and processed meats have been found to damage cells in the bowel and increase the risk of cancer. For example, nitrates and nitrites, which are added to processed meats such as bacon as part of the curing process. Hame, a red pigment found naturally in red meat and other compounds that are formed when meat is cooked at high temperatures, particularly when it becomes charred or burned. And eating more expensive or organic meat will not reduce this risk, as some of these compounds, such as the hame, are naturally found in red meat. And depending on the chef, the meat can always be burned. 
But eating meat is only one part of the puzzle, and there's no compelling evidence to suggest that avoiding red meat completely will prevent cancer. We do know, however, that high intakes of red and processed meats lead to a high intake of salt and saturated fat. This increase in salt can contribute to an increase in blood pressure, while an increase in saturated fat is associated with high levels of LDL cholesterol, both of which increase the risk of heart disease. So how much red meat is healthy to consume? It's recommended to limit intake of red meat to about 70 grams of meat daily and to eat little or no processed meat. To put that into context, four ounce steak is about 85 grams of meat, a quarter pound of burger is 80 grams, eight slices of lamb, beef or pork is 90 grams, a sausage is 75 grams, a rasher 25, and a slice of ham is about 20 grams of meat. So figure out how much meat you're taking in and whether you are in excess of the 70 grams a day. The truth is, fears about red meat causing cancer are vastly exaggerated, but moderating your red meat intake, particularly processed meats, along with making healthy lifestyle choices such as eating a balanced diet rich in whole foods, whole grains, fruit and vegetables, staying at a healthy weight, exercising and not smoking is more important overall than micromanaging your intake of red meat. Still, if you plan to eat less red meat, start with cutting out the kind that has been cured, smoked or highly processed. Myth number three, organic foods are better for health. It's logical to think that foods with reduced levels of pesticides and processing may be healthier, but are organic foods worth the significantly higher price point? It is true that organic foods have lower levels of pesticides than their non-organic counterparts. However, it's important to note that although non-organic foods have certain levels of pesticides, they are deemed safe for consumption, with no adverse health effects reported from their consumption. Also, there's no significant difference between the nutrient level in organic versus non-organic food. The truth is that although you may prefer to buy organic, it does not necessarily translate into better health. And you will probably get better health benefits from increasing or reducing certain foods in your diet, maintaining a healthy weight, and doing some type of regular exercise than eating organic. Myth four, you need to eat little and often to boost your metabolism. Myth four, you need to eat little and often to boost your metabolism. It's easy to trace this myth back to its origin. Digestion does raise your metabolism a little, so many people believe that eating less food more often keeps your metabolism elevated. However, the size of the meal matters too. Fewer but larger meals means fewer but larger spikes in metabolism. Also, some studies suggest that having smaller meals more often makes it harder to feel full, potentially leading to increased food intake over the long term. But more to the point, the evidence shows that given an equal amount of daily calories, the number of meals makes no difference to fat loss. The truth, digestion does slightly increase your metabolic rate, but the frequency of your meals will have less effect on your weight than their total caloric content at the end of the day. Myth five, training fasted will increase fat burning. Again, this is probably one of the most popular myths in the last few years. The theory is that when you train fasted, you can easily tap into your fat stores. Technically speaking, this is actually true. If you train fasted, you will increase fat oxidation, which is the breakdown of fats during the session. However, we now know that if you burn more fat during a training session, you will burn less in the hours after the session. 
Likewise, if you burn more carbohydrate during the session, you'll burn less carbohydrate in the hours preceding the session, which brings us back to calories, which are once again the main factor when considering weight loss, making the fuel source we burn during a session pretty irrelevant for weight loss. The truth is, although faster training in the morning may be convenient for some, you should only do it if that is your preference, as opposed to doing it for fat loss as it will provide no additional benefit unless calories eaten are less than those consumed or expended throughout the day to create a calorie deficit. Also, it's important to bear in mind that if you train with some food in your system, you may actually train more intensely and burn more calories. I hope you enjoyed listening. You will find some of the papers referenced in this episode over on creenatobin.com podcast. And if you think people would benefit from hearing this episode, please feel free to share. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Nutrition. Please hit subscribe and or leave a review on your favorite podcast app. And please join me on the next episode soon. Oh,